Get ready to unleash your inner rebel with Renegade Woman, the podcast that gives badass women the tools to conquer their health and wellness. I'm your host, Sheila Jackson. You can call me SJ, board certified holistic health practitioner and certified renegade who's here to shake up the wellness world. From smashing stress to flipping the script on hormone imbalances, we'll dive deep into the topics that matter to you, the ambitious woman who refuses to settle for anything less than your best. Renegade Woman is all about taking control and living life on your own terms. So come on, Rebels, join the movement, and start living your best life. Today, we're continuing the hormone conversation, and it's a big one. Here's the thing. You can't talk about hormones without talking about metabolic health. Now, I don't know. Maybe you've heard the statistics on metabolic health. Maybe not. But today, I'm going to lead the conversation by sharing. Pre-pandemic, it was that 12% of the population was metabolically healthy. In gathering these statistics, the examined metrics looked like blood sugar, blood pressure, things like waist circumference, triglycerides, and HDL. Now, post-pandemic, and this comes as no surprise because the pandemic certainly didn't do anything good for the healthiness of our nation, now only 6.8% of the population is metabolically healthy. And hormones are the chemical messengers that regulate many body functions, including metabolism. And the big thing here, the primary issue that's happening across both sexes and our worsening metabolic health is related to the hormone that made number one on our list of 10 hormones that do just about everything in a woman's body insulin. The immediate problem driving the decline in metabolic health is insulin, and more specifically, insulin resistance. It's also called insulin resistance syndrome, and sometimes better known to people as pre-diabetes. Y'all, this isn't some esoteric thing. 88% of Americans have some degree of insulin resistance. This is not new news. It's in the literature. You can Google it and find the studies for yourself. According to Dr. Casey Means, she's a Stanford-trained physician, chief medical officer, and the co-founder of the metabolic health company Levels. This number has actually increased now to 93%. I've even heard this referred to, and rightly so, as the metabolic plague of the 21st century because it underlies everything from an increasing waistline to chronic disease and every comorbidity for COVID. And for the first time in American history, life expectancy is dropping So what we're digging deeper into today is hormone number one, insulin, the hormone essential for maintaining blood sugar levels. Now take home point number one, ladies, I love you, you know I do. 
But what I'm sharing in this episode, it applies to you and your husband. Maybe it's your son, a brother, or your father. It applies to both sexes. So what does insulin resistance mean? For lack of a better term, it means a broken metabolism. It means a metabolism that isn't functioning optimally. Now, I can best illustrate this by pointing out how a metabolism is supposed to function for you. Let's take a trip down memory lane. We'll take a seven, eight, nine, maybe it's a 10-year-old girl. It's a ch- she's a child. And she lives in an area with access to organic, you know, whole foods. And she has play dates. She comes home from school. She's hungry. So she grabs a snack and she eats an apple. And her blood sugar, it increases slightly. Now, this is perfect because her muscles know they're going to need that sugar because she's going to go outside and play. She's going to ride a bike, climb a tree. Maybe she's going to skate, you know, do all the things that kids once did before our modern lifestyle that's more micromanaged and set behind, you know, excessive screen time. And while screen time definitely varies by age group, when we're just talking about, you know, kids of this age, it has been well documented that children today, ages 6 to 11, are spending 6 hours and 25 minutes per day using screens. If those same kids are sleeping 8 hours, that's 22 hours and 25 minutes of their 24-hour day sedentary so let's go back to, you know, metabolism. Let, what about our hormones? Well, the above with this young child, this young girl living in this wonderful area with access to whole foods, getting outside, having play dates, I'm illustrating what a normal metabolism, what happens with a normal ta- metabolism, what happens when she eats the snack and the, the apple and her blood sugar naturally goes up a little bit. That's what I'm illustrating. What happens next when blood sugar goes up a little bit is that the pancreas goes, oh, hey, there's a rise in blood sugar, and it releases a little squirt of a peptide hormone called insulin. Insulin is vital for your life. It is essential for your health. And insulin, well, it comes in because one of its primary jobs is to remove sugar from the bloodstream. We don't want high blood sugar in the bloodstream. It's very dangerous. So what does your intelligent body do? What it's so beautifully designed to do for you? Insulin corrects it by delivering that sugar to muscle cells that are delighted to have it. That same little girl goes outside and plays, and after a while, sugar returns to normal. Then after a while, she'll get hungry, and she'll go inside for dinner. And that's, quote, normal. That's an optimally functioning metabolism. Now let's fast forward 35 or 40 years. You wake up busy-brained, stressed out of your mind, you barely slept, and your cortisol levels, another hormone, are through the roof. You dash off to your favorite coffee shop, 
Buy a six, 700 calorie muffin and wash it down with a latte with a few pumps of this and that. Chemicals of all kinds. And now your blood sugar, it's through the roof. Your pancreas is screaming code blue and squirting out all this insulin. That insulin is running around trying to get all that sugar into the muscles. Now the muscle cells are saying, what the heck do we want that sugar for? This girl's going to spend all day behind a screen at a desk. Then she's going to park herself behind the wheel of a car, then go home and possibly park herself behind another screen, maybe with a few glasses of wine, maybe it's a cocktail, or maybe it's some of her favorite chocolate. And then the muscles go, thanks, but no thanks. We don't need any more sugar. Take that stuff elsewhere. Thank you very much. And the muscle cells become resistant. Then what happens is that the fat cells don't become resistant as quickly. And they say, bring it on. We'll take that sugar over here. And then what happens is you start to gain some fat around your belly, around your hips, butts, and thighs, but mostly it's your middle. Mostly it's your belly. And for a while, insulin, the Sherpa of sugar, can keep your blood sugar from the diabetic range, but just barely. It's working really hard and eventually even the fat cells scream no more. And now you have both high blood sugar and high insulin, and that's the definition of diabetes. That, my friends, is what insulin resistance is. Now, whatever your beliefs about the human body, whether you believe it was God or the human genome, nature, that created us, each of us was given a bucket at birth, unique to each of us. Some people get a small bucket and some people get a big bucket. And you can eat all the carbohydrates that you can fit into that bucket. Is it fair that some people have big buckets while others only have small buckets? No, it's not fair. It's metabolism and metabolism like gravity just is. And it doesn't care if you like it or not. When you consume more carbohydrates through food and beverages than your bucket can hold, you will overwhelm the system, which produces that no more response. Then the reality of this creates a plague. It has created what we know now is a plague of worsening metabolic health and hormone havoc. Now take home point number two. I just described a process that doesn't happen overnight. I just described a process that is not as much an age-related conversation as it is a conversation about the daily assault on your hormones and symptoms all along the way, be it in your 30s, 40s, 50s, I'm part of the 50s club, and beyond. And heck, y'all, I've had clients as young as 28 come to me with a diabetes diagnosis. But symptoms are the body's way of whispering that something is sideways with your hormones. And insulin is number one on the list. If you think you might be insulin resistant, here's a way to check that's free. 
and it can be done in the comfort of your own home. So to check for yourself, stand about eight inches in front of a wall and saunter slowly, taking it an inch at a time towards the wall. If your belly touches the wall before your nose, there's about a 97% chance you are insulin resistant. Now, this isn't the only criteria. Still, it's an excellent place to start from the comfort of your own home, building your body awareness to evolve the conversation with your doctor and get to work, bringing insulin sensitivity back. And that, y'all, brings sexy back. If you're a woman with a waistline that is 35 inches or over, and if you're a man with a waistline that is 40 inches or over, it is also very likely that you are experiencing insulin resistance. And getting your hormones into balance and shutting the symptoms associated with hormone imbalance, that list is long, will be tough to achieve if you're not aware of and look at looking at what's happening with the hormone insulin. Now, I'm not a doctor, y'all. I'm not here to diagnose. That's not my job. My job is to share what I've learned has worked for thousands of people. It's worked for me and it can work for you too. Once you know where to look, you can get yourself on a functional health building path that enables your intelligent body to do what it is so brilliantly designed to do for you. Disable disease and self-heal. So today, I'll let you in on a little secret. Call this take-home point number three. Insulin resistance is treatable, it is preventable, and it is reversible with three things. Diet, fasting, and lifestyle changes. If you suspect you are one of the 93 percenters, you can ask your doctor to do what's called a fasting insulin. This would be in addition to the standard A1C. A1C measures the average amount of glucose attached to your red blood cells over the past two to three months, while fasting insulin measures the amount of insulin in your blood after an overnight fast. When you get your fasting insulin, you can take that number together with your fasting glucose, which is done and has been done for eons, on every comprehensive metabolic blood chemistry panel. That's also referred to as a CMP. So when you talk to your doctor, he or she is going to know you know what you're talking about. You can take these two numbers and plug them into what's called a HOMA IR, Insulin Resistance Calculator. They're online, and I've linked one in the show notes to make it easy to access This one was created by Dr. David R. Matthews. He's an MD and professor of diabetic medicine at Oxford University. This tool approximates insulin. It's a scale indicating things like optimal insulin sensitivity, early insulin resistance, and significant insulin resistance. Other than conventional medical practice generally being 20 to 30 years behind medical science, Dr. Mark Hyman's words, not mine. Why checking fasting insulin isn't part of the routine comprehensive blood chemistry panel? I could share more research and put more meat on that bone. But for the sake of everyone's 
precious lifetime. I'm going to leave that one alone for today and just suggest that if you want to know more about the current state of your metabolic health and the hormone insulin, I recommend asking your doctor to add fasting insulin to the menu, that menu of routinely run fasting glucose and A1C. These are blood tests that can be used to diagnose diabetes, pre-diabetes, and even better, inform you of your degree of insulin resistance so you can do something about it before you get anywhere close to a type 2 diabetes diagnosis. Hey, you made it to the end of the episode, and I want to keep this party going. In the show notes below, you'll find all the links that you'll need to follow along on social, learn about some of my favorite products along the way in the SJ Recommend section, or hop on a discovery call with me for some one-to-one support. I'll say bye for now. Until next time, keep it wild, renegades.